go. Yes, we are. Law and Gospel on this Rumination Thursday. It's the last day of January the 31st in the year of our Lord 2019. And with us is Pastor Wes Reimnitz. How are you doing, Wes? I'm doing fine. How are you? Well, woke up and there was some snow on the ground. <laughs> We're supposed to get some tomorrow. Plus, it was really cold out. It's only a minus three here. Yeah, I just felt bad having my wife go out to fill up the cars with gas and this kind of thing. But I'm here. I have mine out shopping right now for food. <laughs> shopping for food. Yeah, I'll give her a credit card when I get back home to do that. Okay. You've got a very interesting subject that you have found, and I think the first thing we want to talk about, because it leads right into it, President Harrison every now and then sends out a statement. And a recent statement he sent out is going to fit right into what we have to talk about today. And that was his concerns over the expansion on abortion. Can you maybe read something from him or explain a little bit what he said? Right. Well, this rises out of your discussion with uh, Mark on Tuesday about New York signing into action a more uh, expansive abortion. But uh, we need to also include Illinois, and that's what he's done. He's, he's, he's um, President well, Harrison speaking against New York and Illinois. What happened and, in Illinois? I'm unaware of this. Well, Pritzker, the new governor, signed an executive order to take taxpayer money for abortions. Oh, boy. And make it, uh, quote, the most progressive in the United States, according to to abortion, or as I call it, baby killing. So he wants to use taxpayers' money to fund abortions. So what did President Harrison write? Well, uh, of course, you can always go to, to the LCMS. Well, uh, no, give it now. I, I know. Uh, but but uh, in particular, he says, life, not death, is the goal of humanity. History testifies that death is never the means through which justice and human rights prevail. I mean, he starts off that way, but he also goes into the, that uh, abortion laws have allowed the abortion of more than 61 million children since Roe versus Wade. If you can believe that, 61 million babies have been killed just in the United States alone. Yeah, they keep, you know, being worried about uh, Nazi Germany killed 6 million Jews. Now we're 10 times more uh, with the uh, Nazi Americans that are killing. And there are Jews, definitely, but the vast majority of abortions are uh, black children, which it appears that the liberals don't want to have around. Hmm. And I think the statement that, that I really uh, uh, zone in on from President Harrison, that abortion is a lie. Science is not on the, is on the side of life. In other words, it isn't just that we can prove it scripturally, morally, ethically, religiously, but also from science we can show that, that it's life, not death. Yeah, uh, that would be, if we believed in abortion, you and I as pastors, and a woman had a miscarriage, 
we would consider it uh, in the same category as though her fingernail broke. Oh, my. Yeah. You know, I mean, some people get upset when their fingernail breaks because they say it's part of their body. It's not a different body, and she can do anything she wants with her body, so she can cut her fingernails, and uh, we would look the same way uh, towards that. But it just shows how strong the devil is these days uh, in the world. Are, are Christians at all being more persecuted than normal over these issues? Well, th that those kind of issues and other issues, there's a rise in, in persecution that's going on. But before we, we get into that yes. a little bit, uh, on this whole abortion thing, it made me stop and, and take a look at uh, Alvin Schmidt's book on how Christianity changed the world. Okay, he's a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod pastor. In fact, I've interviewed him a couple of times on Law and Gospel. And what particularly in the book... Uh, struck you well he, when he talks about uh, the killing of babies or abortion that uh, it isn't you know we typically talk about the greco roman culture was high on that but uh, it wasn't only them it was india china japan brazilian jungles eskimos parts of africa uh, indians of north and south america in other words it was a it is a worldwide spread problem. It seems to be a worldwide spread problem we've got today, just not only in the United States. There you are know. areas that are getting stricter uh, laws that are a, more of a pro-life nature. Like, for example, there are states that are now passing laws that, let's say you have a child in high school and she gets pregnant they didn't have to tell the parents to have her have an abortion, which, of right. course, opened up the avenues for uh, men to mistreat such individuals, knowing full well they weren't going to get caught because an abortion would take place. Three states that, that have toughened up those laws were Nevada, Kentucky, and Indiana. Uh, but there are also upwards of 20-some states that strengthen their abortion laws and, and allowing women to ha to have greater abortions. So that's on the rise, too. It's, it's becoming a real problem again. Well, we were really happy to hear reports, for example, on the coffee hour of their trips to Washington, D.C. and the pro-life march. They did indicate, though, that though we had a large number of Lutherans, the greatest number of people there were Roman Catholics. Mm. If you're taking a look at individual, but there were even atheists and uh, people wonder, well, how can that be? Well, because atheists, and that's a point that President Harrison made, that uh, atheists do really believe in science. So they may believe in evolution because of wrong science, but because of proper medical science, who can doubt that that within the womb is really a human being and a person. That's right. And I think that's that's where we see, isn't it, where the scriptures describe sin as a veil that's over our head and can't, over our eyes and we can't see it very clearly? Well, I understand, to back that up with what you just said about the veil over their eyes, that there was loud applause when New York changed its laws. Oh, 
I, I just, I was just utterly shocked when I saw that. Um, in particular, I picked up a quote from uh, CFW author when looking at his uh, law and gospel distinctions. Oh, yes. And I thought it was rather telling. He said he was making some points about Luther. And he said one of the points that he makes is that on the last day, we will be surprised when God will recount to them all the Sundays on which he stood ready to absolve them. And they would not believe in and thus made him a liar. I mean, when you stop and think about it, the gospel, when it is preached, law and gospel preached as it should be on a Sunday morning, God's standing ready right in our local communities to forgive our sins. One of the points I've been making uh, when I visit churches is turn on any other radio station besides KFUO and listen to how many sermons before you ever hear the idea of objective justification that Christ died for your sins on the cross and there's nothing more you need to do except trust in that promise. You hardly ever hear that on the radio. So I can understand why a lot of people are leaving the church. In fact, you mentioned to me about some are leaving, and I think it was last week's conversation, because of the kind of sermons they're hearing. <laughs> they're, they're hearing self-help sermons, how, how to better yourself. Uh, if you only do this work, do that work, improve your attitude, improve your life a little bit, and your and of course the, the the supreme supreme one that we've talked about before was Joel Olstein and some of his books. Yes, there's just no doubt about it. And people tell me, at least statistically, people stay in that church maybe three, maybe four years before they realize that it's not working and then they move on. But he has so many new people coming in that he still has high attendance. But but people love to have their backs scratched and give them credit for what they can do or what they hope to do. Well, that, that goes down into... Our, our own sinful nature, where sin, middle of sin is I, my self-interest, what's best for me, you know, how can I work my way to heaven? There appears to be, therefore, a, a heightening of persecution, not only in the United States, but in other countries. What's the number one country where Christians are most persecuted? Right, there's 50... 50 countries where it's hardest to follow Jesus. The number one in there is North Korea. They ban Christianity completely from by by government law from from the public. You can go to death just by passing a Bible onto a person. That would be a death sentence. A death sentence. Well, I know in Saudi Arabia and elsewhere, our military aren't allowed to hand out Bibles. Also. Right, those that uh, they're in the top twenty, twenty-five. But uh, no, it's uh, North Korea, Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya, Pakistan. Those are the top five. Really? Now, how does that persecution come about? Well, there's uh, several. It can come through the religious culture itself, but uh, one of the main uh, tenets of the articles is that government restriction the government gets into power 
generally probably somebody with a religious background against Christianity and starts forming governmental policies prohibiting Christianity. Do you see that starting to take place here in the United States? Oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah, they're starting to, to with, culturally, at least I see it as, as uh, we're homophobic because we speak about homosexuality. Uh, we, and if you read the, the newscast, we're anti-abortionists, whereas it's pro-choice where we've identified ourselves as pro-life and the other side is baby killers. You never hear that. No, no. Yeah, I was uh, just hearing about how certain programs, when they're talking about the state of the nation, they never have any good conservatives on there. They're always liberals who don't believe the Bible and are really criticizing what's going on in the country and by the president and this sort of thing. And, boy, this never would have happened under former presidents, but it sure right. is happening under this one. And a statistic that I ran across uh, last night was that uh, 83% of all Americans are really against abortion, especially late-term abortion. They're against baby killing. And uh, how some of these states can be in there voting for more abortion rights, more baby killing rights is beyond me because the average American is against that sort of thing. Well, you're in Illinois, and now your taxes are going to be paying for abortions? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is, just, will there be a backlash against that, have you heard? I think it's formulating. I think... Uh, from what I've seen from from uh, like-minded Christians across the board, that there's there's some formulations as to how do we best uh, work against this going on. Yeah, I read an article where all this, according to the writer, began with Roe v. Wade in 1973 when they okayed abortion. And the Supreme Court now has also okayed uh, the marriage of people of the same gender, which is really ridiculous. But the fact of the matter is, is things seem to be getting worse in the area for the church. I know there are some who want to insist that we pastors uh, do uh, gay marriages and so forth. Well, that. That's something that's coming up, incidentally, in your neck of the woods in St. Louis in February. I explain that. Well, the United Methodist Conference or Church is meeting in St. Louis. Oh, that's right. To, to talk about the, their inclusive language of gay clergy, uh, same-sex marriages, and, and certain elements. And the stuff I read there is they're talking talking about that they're concerned about splits and how we love one another. But uh, I, I re even the Bible studies I saw don't really discuss what uh, the Bible speaks about homosexuality, gay marriage, that marriage is between a man and a woman. You don't see any of that in their publications. I really believe that evolution does not permit or have any kind of morality to it. That once you believe in evolution, whatever you feel is right for you. 
And therefore, I'm not surprised that the Methodist Church, which does agree with evolution, would go in this direction against God's holy word. But the fact of the matter is, is that it is contrary to the word of God, but it doesn't seem like they care about that. I think you're on to something. I think the, the second reason I would say is, I call it the cherry-picking method of Bible passages. How so? Well, we decide which parts of the Bible we think really God spoke to us and which parts of the Bible we think a man wrote. You know, it's kind of what goes back to the historical critical method of interpretation. Yeah, the historical critical method was at our seminary until the walkout, and we were able to clean that up. But I, I, I remember the, the main point that a lot of them were saying is that, for example, on homosexuality, Jesus never spoke against that, they say. But the fact of the matter is, if Paul spoke against it, those are the words of Jesus. Right, because we go from, for instance, from John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word is God or was God. In other words, the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revolution, Revelation are the words of Jesus. That's a really good point to make, that if you want to know what Jesus is teaching, you can go either to Genesis, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Mark, Romans, or Revelation, because that all, according to Timothy, is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And, of course, the Holy Spirit and Jesus are in sync when it comes to speaking the words of God. And thus, it comes with what's your view of the Bible. Do you view it as a man-made document, or do you view it as as God is the author of all of those books? Yeah, I often will start a seminar, and I will say, who's the author of the Gospel according to St. Mark? And everybody says, well, Mark is. I said, nope. Mark is the writer. God is the author. And the reason that's hard to, if you read uh, editorial, say, in the Post-Dispatch or another newspaper, you never make a distinction between the author and the writer because it's the same person. Person, yep. But the Bible is different, that God authored it, and he used writers to pen down in their formulation of their language and their culture uh, what he wanted to say, and therefore there's nothing in the Bible that is untrue. What is it, that the Peter passage, holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit? Yes, exactly. So the the article you're talking about, about increased persecution, any other points from that that you found uh, interesting that we need to know? Well, I think it's, uh, you know, it, it's certainly on the rise. But uh, I, the, the one thing that none of the articles point out that, that I, I think is, is, is important is, is how do we view missions? How do we view the mission at home here for us? And how do we view the missions abroad? You know, we, we talk about our giving, and uh, I'm not saying we throw money at missions. It's our lack of mission funding and getting enough workers out there to, to train those in the gospel because only the gospel is going to change, change lives and change countries. 
Well, when I stand in the pulpit and I'm looking out over the pews, I see potential missionaries in everyone because they have children they can bring up, brothers and sisters, uh, spouses, relatives, uh, where they work, they can speak about these things. And so I, I see a training for them. In fact, what we're doing in um, a couple of congregations right now is going through the Heidelberg Disputation to help them get a really good understanding of the distinctions between law and gospel. And I'm providing paper with uh, words on it, of course, as to what they can do to share these thoughts with people who ask them questions. And I think that's important, and it's important to our listeners who listen to KFUO, listen to your program, Law and Gospel, that they pick up points in which they can engage uh, their friends and their neighbors and their family in talking about faith and, and the promise, believing in the promises of the gospel. Yeah, occasionally I'll go to a church, and as I'm leaving the driveway, they'll have a sign, you are now entering into the mission field. <laughs> And I think that's a good point to make, that the members need to realize that they become missionaries. But I also think the mission field is within the church. Explain, explain it when you talk about within the church. That there's a mission on the part of the pastor to train the people to mm -hmm. understand doctrine and, more importantly, how to share it with others. I know... Self-help sermons you spoke about last week does not, they just don't do that. No, they, it, it, it kind of empties, empties out the person, so to speak. They, they're, they're lacking, they, they see themselves lacking something, and that they find only in the, in the uh, life-giving gospel. And the very phrase self-help shows where they're looking for their source of strength from the self rather right. than Christ help sermons that we deliver. And that, yeah, it just comes back to what you're saying is it's the law gospel preaching and knowing that how much I've been forgiven in, in, in Christ. When you look at the story of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus is back four times as much and if he's cheated anyone out of anything. You give, you, you give back to them? Yeah, that's uh, part of sanctification, where after we're totally saved, we're so thankful to God that we will respond in fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, we also talked about the other kinds of sermons I'm hearing more often, which I call exegetical, which are simply good Bible studies on what a text means, but there's no application to the people sitting before the pastor. Yeah. And I think you can learn things from that, but you're really, therefore, not hearing a sermon. You're hearing a lecture. And why did Zacchaeus want to do a life of sanctification and giving? Because Jesus had said, it's your house that I must come and visit. Yes. And talk to about him as being... Uh, a, a true descendant of Abraham. As Romans 9 says, there's two kinds of uh, Israels. The ones who think they're saved because they can trace their uh, descendancy back to Abraham and the others who know they're saved because they're of the faith of Isaac. Or as uh, 
Genesis puts it, Abraham believed and God credited to him as righteousness. Yes, that's something you hardly ever hear on other radio stations or in sermons. Big difference, big difference. So we need to be preparing our people for additional counts of persecution against us, but we ought not be surprised at that because blessed are those who are persecuted for me, Jesus says in the Beatitudes. And I think that's a way that we can help train them to be prepared for the onslaught coming. Well said, and I think coupled with that is, is what you said earlier, that we are missionaries to our families. And we are given that wonderful opportunity to speak the gospel to friends, neighbors, and people we work with. Precisely. Well, we're at the end. And next week, we'll look forward to another subject. Thank you very much, Wes, for this. And on tomorrow's Law and Gospel, individuals can contact me by phone. Write this down, one 800 730 2727 and you may want to talk about what Wes brought to our attention today. Till then God bless. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax deductible gift to Law and Gospel please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.